Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. How would you describe your creative vision when you look at your body of work? Is it present throughout or can you see something missing? Earlier in my career, my creative vision was strong. I chased after my ideas. I created the work I wanted to see in the world. Eventually, I got tired and I didn't allow myself to rest. I chased distractions down rabbit trails, started over way too many times, and allowed lies and stories to hold me back. I still got my work out into the world, but my vision was a fraction of what it once was. In today's episode of Getting Work to Work, I'm talking about creative vision and how I'm building it back up for a better future. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 668. It's been a week or so since I finally watched He Dreams of Giants, a documentary about the successful attempt by Terry Gilliam to make his film The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. I've been a fan of Gilliam since I was a kid and was enamored by Time Bandits, and I would grow to love most of his films. I first learned of his obsession with the story of Don Quixote when I saw Lost in La Mancha, a documentary about the failed attempt by Terry Gilliam to make The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Both documentary films are an inside look at film production when it goes wrong and when it goes right. Both were directed by the same team, and I think the the year span was about 16 or 17 years in between both films. And I got to say, it's amazing what almost 20 years will do to any creative spirit. Gilliam's trademarked giggle, more prevalent in the earlier film, is replaced with angst, despair, and doubt in the most recent. A question lingering throughout the production in He Dreams of Giants is, is it better to leave a film unfinished if the finished version isn't as good as what was in the imagination. In He Dreams of Giants, Gilliams makes the film he can. He knows it's probably the last film he'll make. He's in his late 70s and wrestling with health issues as he was making the film. Sure, he still has an unfettered imagination and fights to bring that vision to life the best he can. You know what's interesting is I've been thinking about this film almost daily since watching it. Now, I'm nowhere near my 80s. I have roughly 40 years to go. But I was just thinking about what creative vision will I be fighting for when I'm in my 80s? Will it be a fragment of what it was in my youth? Or will it be something else entirely? Over the weekend, I helped a friend shoot a music video. It was so much fun, and I got to play in the snow And I got to watch my friend communicate his vision with the band during the shoot. Later, as I was reflecting on it and thinking about my own projects, I recognized that some of my own creative fight was missing. I'm not sure exactly when it disappeared, but it was probably in the last five years. I know that since probably late 2017, I started telling myself stories about what I was capable of and what was best left to other people even if they weren't true stories. Things like, oh, I'm not a blue sky thinker. 
So it's probably best that I just take what other people are telling me to do. Or if the original I doesn't fully come to life, I guess it just wasn't meant to be, and that I should just take what I get. Well, if more people are saying no than yes, then maybe it's just not meant to be. Things like that. All those lies and stories slowly began to erode the exercising of my creative vision. But you know what else also causes your vision to disappear? Taking on projects that lack balance, surrounding yourself with the wrong people, becoming an order taker instead of a vision caster, and confusing, slow, and fast creativity. Let me start with projects that lack balance. Every creative project affects the creator in positive and negative ways. Alternate ways to think about that include credits and debits, gives and takes. A project may be less stimulating in the inspiration realm, but pay more with revenue. Or perhaps the project is entirely a passion project where you get to exercise your creative vision 100%, but know that you won't make any money on it. It is this balance between give and take that allows your creativity to be exercised, but not drained, to allow it to be tested and grown. But do too much without balance. Say, take a boring job for not enough money, or any client project that takes more time than budget, then your creative vision is going to drain faster than your energy reserves and your bank account. Balance is absolutely essential to bringing a creative vision to life that is unique to you and desirable to others. Another way that your creative vision will stall over time is surrounding yourself with the wrong people. You know who they are in your life right now. They're the ones who drain you or cause you to spend more time than you need to explain your vision. They're the ones who show up in your mind when you get a new idea, and their mere presence there alone causes you to censor the possibilities, the progress, and the outcome. They may mean well, like family members and friends, or they're frenemies who purposely want to stall your progress, and they like to drop quote-unquote helpful questions that embed in your brain and increase the likelihood that doubt will slow you down. The best way to filter out the wrong people is to keep bringing your creative vision to life. And while you're doing that, set up some healthy boundaries that don't allow them to stop your progress. Remember, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say not at this time. And it's okay to say, please go away. Be firm, be bold, be you, and move on. There's a lot more I could say about wrong people, but I'm going to leave it right there before I piss off the wrong people in my mind. <laughs> that brings me to order taking instead of vision casting. If you've been in business for longer than a day, you're going to run into clients that have a very specific vision and are searching for the lowest priced vendor to bring it to life. They have an order and you can choose to fulfill it or not. No room for your vision, no time for collaboration. This isn't bad in some instances, it's reality. But, a hard but here, doing it too frequently does damage your creative vision. It requires you to sit around and anticipate what other people might want, 
how you can communicate to them why you're the best person or company to then take their order. Instead of having a vision, seeing another company that has a problem that that vision can solve and go after it, pitch it to them, try these things. When you cast vision, even when collaborating, you're seeing what could be, learning how to communicate that, and working to bring it to life. It's not something that comes down on high like a vision from God that's only accessible to you, but it's the way you think, the images and words that come to mind. You get the chance to communicate that vision, and it's in that communication that magic does happen. It might not ultimately be what the customer thought they wanted, but it's definitely what they need. Another way that order taking shows up is when you work with people whose creative visions are not only larger than yours, but their ability to communicate exactly what they want puts yours to shame. And this goes back to being around the wrong people. Effective leaders will recognize when others have something to contribute and give room for them to grow in how they're exercising their vision. Order givers, however, will stomp it out of you willingly or unknowingly. But it's up to you to know when that Monty Python-esque foot is about to drop. I've personally spent way too much time being an order taker over the past five years. And as I've been building back up my creative vision and fighting for it, I recognized just how far away from what I really wanted I got. And one reason why my creative vision started to disappear was because I didn't want to be perceived as difficult. I wanted to be nice. And I ended up being a broke doormat. There is a way to communicate a creative vision with respect. It has nothing to do with being nice or difficult. It's about passion and excitement, collaboration, the give and take. Again, balance. But then the L word shows up, leadership. Fighting for your creative vision requires you to step up and be the leader of yourself, your team, your business, and all of the relationships that weave throughout every single project. Finally, we come to the biggest area that confuses creative vision, and that's confusing the difference between slow and fast creative projects. I'm not talking about deadlines or even types of projects here, but those are important. What I mean by slow and fast creative projects is that some of the best ideas flash into your mind and you fight to bring them to life quickly. You assemble a team or not, and you go after it. But other times you need to dig down, research, and allow creativity and the right people to unfold over time. The reason why types of projects aren't necessarily important is because a short film or even a feature film can be a slow or fast project. And the thing to recognize is that your creative vision will flourish when it's tapped into the right type of project. Another example is a book. A book can be a slow or fast project. But when you confuse the two, when say it's a fast project book and you think that it's more slow, well, doubt creeps in. Perfection shows up along with despair, comparison, imposter syndrome. But when your vision aligns with the necessary velocity of the project, 
Not only does your work get done, but it's at the top of your abilities because you're not spending time worrying about what's not right, worrying about all the things that are wrong with it. Most projects are dynamic and move between slow and fast. That's to be expected. But this is where paying attention to your creative vision matters, when you can recognize your energy levels and not forget to fight. There is a reason you do what you do. There's a reason I do what I do. And that reason lives somewhere near our creative visions. As you create and put forth your creativity into the world, I implore you to keep pushing for your creative vision and head into new territories. Never stop chasing that desire to get your imagination as close as reality. Should it be equal? Probably not. That's why growth matters. That way, when you're 80, your creative vision is light years from your youth. Now, one thing before I go, I'm working on getting a shop feature set up on the Getting Work to Work website. It's going to be ready to go later this week, but I'll be selling posters, hats, stickers, and other new merch ideas coming up later in this year directly on the site. This is your chance to show your love and support for Getting Work to Work with a brand new poster designed by Ireland-based artist Ashwin Chaco. I commissioned him to come up with a fun poster, and he did not disappoint. I'm actually picking them up from the printer very soon this week, and I can't wait for you to see them. It's in the vein of curiosity. I think you're going to love it. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.